This is episode 155. Do you or your kids have behavioral issues, concentration issues, and inability to manage your emotions on a day-to-day basis? Now, there are a lot of variables at play with these things, but there is no doubt that this is an area of health and, well, sickness really, that has been growing rapidly in the last 20 to 30 years, these psychological, behavioral, and mental health challenges. So, It's growing at a blistering rate, the number of people suffering from these things. And whilst it is likely to be a multi-pronged causation, which is one of the things we actually discuss in this episode, the amount of toxins in our food, water, air, kitchen, bathroom, skincare and household products is actually astronomical. And these chemicals end up in the body and the brain and cause grave consequences to occur. Consequences that your doctor would almost never connect to the products you use or the food you've been eating. And this also comes at a massive cost to you, the individual, a cost that most people don't really realize they're paying, especially when we talk about the additives and preservatives in the stuff that we're eating. So, on today's episode, we discuss the connection between food additives and behavioral issues in kids, why our food regulation system is broken and does not keep you, the consumer, safe, how to get your husband on board with changing up the food routine, and where to begin with going additive-free. This is a massive episode with a lot of stuff, so... Are you ready? Let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Good to have you here on this fine day where it's my mission to coach 250 men and women to lose weight and be their healthiest self before the end of December 2021. Now, you hear me talk a lot about nutrition in food and also the types of food that are destructive to your body and our brain and the likes of sugar, grains for many people, vegetable oils for literally everyone. However, on today's show, we're going to get well beyond just the nutrition in food and go right into talking about all the words, all the ingredients on the packaging that you can't read. Or when you do, it makes you feel like a scientist. <laughs> and of course, the ones that they don't put on the packaging that are actually in the food. And to do that, I have with me here, Joanne Ling and Tracy Fry, who are both mothers and wives and sisters that are into living the healthiest lifestyles that they possibly can. Together, they created Sister Mixin, which has now grown to become the additive-free lifestyle. They are passionate about changing the way you look at food by spreading the message about what you're eating, what's in your food, and just how toxic the additives and preservatives can be to your health, having seriously damaging consequences, especially as they accumulate over time. Joanne and Tracy have now gone on to create a number of programs that can help you live additive-free. They have their additive-free meal planning program, Meals Made Easy, and of course, the signature program, Additive-Free Made Easy. Both have helped thousands of families change their lives forever, which is what we're all about here. And they were also podcasters before it was cool to be a podcaster with their show, The Whole Circle, which has now been rebranded and named The Additive Free Lifestyle Show. And it's time to get into it. A warm welcome to the show, ladies. How are you doing? Really good. Thanks for having us. I feel like you know more about us than we know about ourselves. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, you know, 10 years as a research scientist, so doing the research pieces, it's helpful for this. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) 
So I'm super curious, how did you get down this path? Like what what was the, the event that happened in both of your lives that led to being like, we've got to create something, we've got to dive into this world? And what were the epiphanies that in the beginning that really changed your or shaped your vision about how food and the world we live in is today? <laughs> well, that's over to me. Uh, so my name is Jo and thanks for having us on. Uh, I guess it. we never used to live this type of lifestyle. We grew up a very Australian standard diet of Vegemite on toast and, you know, we ate quite <laughs> healthy growing up as well. Mum always put lots of fruit and vegetables and homegrown products and things on the table as well, but we just mm-hmm. ate food really at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Um, so what happened was in 2013, my little girl who was three at the time, she had a lot of behavioural mm-hmm. issues and basically we just got into this business by chance really. It all just started from her and, and her behavioural issues and then I was at this cooking demo one night and the lady at the cooking demo, she mentioned uh, just a really quick question of, oh, additive one, I don't give additive 102 to my kids because it be- can be linked to behavioural issues. Mm-hmm. And my ears kind of pricked up and thought, what's this additive 102? Like I knew nothing. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I went home that night and I Googled uh, additives, uh, behavioural issues of 102 or something. And, yeah, I was quite shocked as to what this additive 102 was linked to. So if you don't know, additive 102 is the colour yellow and its name is also tartrazine. And I think it's yellow five in America maybe. And, yeah, I was really shocked. Like what came up on my Google screen was um, behavioural issues, ADHD-like tendencies, uh, asthma. It should be avoided if you have asthma. Um, It's just like all these, you know, tick, 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 tick of what my was displaying. So I worked as an early years educator in a kindergarten at the time, so I kind of knew what a three-year-old should be doing and what a three-year-old kind of shouldn't. And yeah, she was full on, like not just hyperactive, but just like you couldn't sit and read her a book without her trying to rip the pages. Um, she couldn't right. concentrate. You know, her attention span was just really, really short. Uh, I used to wait in the end for my husband to come home from work <clears throat> and I'd go and do the groceries because taking her to the grocery store was just, you know, a huge, huge effort. Um, she had a lot of aggression. She would like just be sitting on your knee and then just do random things like scratch your face or Mm -hmm. just like just this whirlwind of a kid. Um, Yeah, and and life was just really, really tough. Like I just I remember thinking to myself, I had a newborn baby as well and his whole body was just riddled in eczema as a newborn baby, Mm -hmm. would not stop crying, um, and just the most horrific diarrhea in the world. And we managed to figure out with him that he was lactose intolerant. So we were quite lucky where we got him quite early, um, you know, in figuring that out because I felt like, you know, once he started sleeping, then I could try and help my daughter with these additives. And, yeah, we basically just, I just looked into it after that and I just thought, oh, well, you know, what's the harm in mm-hmm. trying to clean up our diet, which I thought was a good diet anyway. And honestly, in what felt like overnight, her behaviour changed. She just wow. calmed down. She slept well. 
um, her aggression completely stopped. Like she was a biter and there was nothing we could do to get her to stop biting. And mm-hmm. I remember the daycare center said to us, um, she hasn't bitten anyone in a while and she hadn't bitten anyone in three months and we'd been additive free for three months. Mm-hmm. So just wow. like our whole world changed and then mm-hmm. I just started a Facebook page and I just was creating recipes and I was just sharing recipes and um, then when my maternity leave had run out and I was due to go back to work I looked at Tracy who's my sister (laughs) and uh, I said to Tracy we actually lived in different states at the time and I said to Tracy like I'm really enjoying this I'd started a little website by then and I'm like I'm really enjoying this blog I wasn't making any money off it but you know I was like oh I really want to keep it going but I'm due to go back to work and I'm not really sure what to do and so Tracy said oh well I'll help cook a few recipes so she started Mm -hmm. cooking a few recipes and then we just grew and luckily our <laughs> mum had always cooked from scratch as well so we'd always had home cooked biscuits right. and home cooked cakes and home cooked meals and and we grew up on a farm for many years as well so we had fresh eggs from the chickens and it was a dairy farm so we even had fresh milk and lots of vegetables mum and dad have always had great veggie gardens so all of those things were common nature to us and our grandparents are polish so we've had uh preserved things and different things so none of that was un was not it wasn't new to us to live this sort of way it just that i think for myself what happened was you move out of home and the packet mixes and the quick cheap really cheap (laughs) things creep into your home you've got no money, right? When you first leave home, yeah. <laughs> leave mum and dad, and it, you just morph into this. You, you just head down this path, unbeknownst yeah. to us, because we didn't know. Like I had no idea. My children are almost mm-hmm. ten years to the day older than Joe's, and I'm six years older than Joe. And uh, I had no idea. I just was feeding my children, just feeding my kids. The other thing with Eva that Joe has forgotten to mention is she was incredibly sick. She had chronic repeated tonsillitis. Uh, she actually had her tonsils and adenoids removed. She was only 20 months old. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, man, she was just a tiny little baby. Um, she had bronchitis. She even had pneumonia one year. You name it, she had it. And I just I remember saying to the GP once, like, why is she always sick? And they, their reply, well, this one GP's reply was, oh, it's normal for a kid in daycare to be on antibiotics every couple of months. I was like, oh, okay, thinking, hmm, yeah. that doesn't sound right to me, but okay, you know, you do what your GP says. Mm-hmm. Um, and we mm-hmm. were in and out of the emergency department with her asthma as well. So at, her, at that age, they class it oh. as a wheeze. Um, but as she got older, she right. ended up on a steroid preventer morning and night. And yeah, just always mm-hmm. sick, that runny nose, red rosy cheeks, um, just not being able to, her immune system was just really low and she would just pick everything up. And then what happened after we went additive free, um, I did like, so what happened was it, I sort of started with food. We went a bit cold turkey, which is not what we recommend the people that we teach to do. Um, but my husband Same. and I just went to the fridge and pantry and we just threw in the bin anything that contained ingredients we couldn't read really at the end of the day. We didn't know what we were doing, but we did it anyway. 
Um, so I started with the food and then her behavior improved out of sight. And then I went to a naturopath and, you know, I then went on and did more things after that as well. And, uh, you know, the naturopath got me to remove, we did a food intolerance test and, you know, we went on a bit of elimination diet. And really what happened once we healed her Mm -hmm. gut and, and went down that path was she just completely stopped getting so sick. And she came off her steroid preventer morning and night. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think she's actually, we've been in Tasmania now four years and she's been on antibiotics once from her ear infection. And like we were on antibiotics just constantly. Um, we actually, this is really yeah. sad, but it's a true story. It's kind of funny at the same time. Is But I went to the lady at the chemist and I asked her for a rewards card. Like that's how often that we were at the chemist. And and my son, he's now eight. Um, a couple of years ago, we walked past a chemist and he goes, Mummy, what type of store is that one? So I've gone from someone right. asking for a rewards card to a son who's known nothing but additive free because we started living additive free when he was a couple of months old mm-hmm. to not knowing what a chemist is. Yeah, and that, that blew me away, actually. I was like, oh, wow. Proud yeah. mum moment. Yeah, we have <laughs> changed a lot. You talked a lot in there about um, like the psychological and behavioural impacts of a lot of these additives on kids. And we know, of course, in the last 20, 30 years, there's been a boom in the likes of autism and ADD and ADHD. Um, and do you think that it's directly related to the amount of toxicants in our environment and in our food? Or do you think it's just like this random evolution of human biology that's unfortunately led us to this situation? Uh, that's a that's a big question. But, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, I have my thoughts and Joe's probably slightly different, but I do feel that there are things that have happened generationally, mm-hmm. not just in this generation, but in past generations that are leading us down this destructive path. Yeah. And I do feel that we are heading towards a decline in our health. Mm-hmm through generational things. And that's not just food. Like we know that there have been wars. We know that there have been toxins. We know that there is mental health issues because of PTSD and all things that have happened in past generations. And I mean, even if we talk about our grandfather, he was Mm -hmm. a prisoner of war in Poland and he ended up in Egypt and all sorts of places. Imagine the horrific things he was subject to that then led his children to then, you know, to us even as his grandchildren. So there are generational things, I do believe, that are Mm -hmm. impacting our health. That's just my belief, though. I'm not a scientist and I don't have any proof on any of that. Mm -hmm. It's just when you look at statistics and when you look at data, there is data there to prove that we are destroying ourselves. Oh, for sure, for sure, and and you you the way that you frame that is that Joe's view might be a little bit different. Oh, I do. I definitely do agree with that, and I do think that uh, poor gut health is leading down into the generations as well. Mm-hmm. And I can say that for myself. Um, I can't say that. Oh, that was you know my children's issues were my fault, but maybe they were. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think that we do all, need, like a lot of us, need to clean up our gut health. Mm-hmm. We, a lot of us, need to get healthier. Mm-hmm. And I do think that children are eating more junk food today than mm-hmm. they ever have in past generations before. And it um, isn't just junk food, though. It's the pesticides and the herbicides, oh, for sure. and the sprays, and the lack of nutrients in our soil. Yeah. And yeah. 
all the things. So we, you can eat a fully organic diet and still not really be absorbing the nutrients and quality that we once knew. You know, yeah. our grandparents would have known the soil and the nutrients in their food totally different to what's coming out of our farms now. So oh, for sure. And you can even you can sit in front of a salad or a vegetable mix or whatever that you know looks healthy, and everything's covered in glyphosate. Yeah, exactly right, which <laughs> yeah. we know now damages so many things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think we are learning. And gut health is huge. Like I did a gut health course a few years ago and I had no idea that my gut health passed to my children. So, mm-hmm. once again, my kids are way older than Joe's and I had a cesarean with one of my kids. Now I mm-hmm. now know that mm-hmm. I didn't pass all the good stuff through to her, so she started her life lacking things. Yeah, you can't get them back once they're lacking, like they're gone, they're extinct. I probably would have made different. I definitely, actually, I definitely 100% would have made different choices in my birthing plans um, based on information that I had at the time. I didn't have that at the time, so I can't remember yeah. if she's healthy and everything's fine. But, I, you know, I now know that I would have made different choices had we been informed of these things at that time in our lives. Yeah, you, you know better, you do better, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of additives, so here's the deal, right? Additives, artificial additives, don't cause somebody to have ADHD Mm -hmm. or autism or or whatever it might be. Yep. However, there are a lot of additives with the same side effects, same symptoms. Yeah. And my daughter, she's definitely not ADHD, because she doesn't have the neurological uh, disorders that diagnosed proper ADHD people have. Mm-hmm. My son, on the other hand, has got some of those neurological um, disorders where I can see the difference. Yeah. My husband was diagnosed ADHD as a child and medicated on Ritalin for the first, I think, 13 years of his life. Wow. So... Um, well, he wasn't as a baby. He well, wasn't. not as a baby. Yeah. Okay, that's not true. He was 13, maybe. That's yeah. true. Maybe eight years, obviously. <laughs> Still a long time. Um, yeah. So, you know, I guess I know a lot of it from a personal point of view as well. So yeah. for my daughter, she had all the symptoms. She had the mm-hmm. hyperactivity. She had the aggression. She had the lack of concentration. She had impulse, uh, impulse, you know, impulsive disorder, Um a little bit of OCD as well, but mm-hmm. it was very much linked to the side effects of the additives. Mm-hmm. So my son, he's never had a lot of artificial additives unless it's been at a random birthday party or camp mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, right? Yeah. Um, definitely not at home. However, he struggles with concentration and, you know, he struggles with a bit of impulsive, uh, impulsiveness and, um, definitely not aggression or anything like that, but I can see the neurological difference. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when someone says to us, you don't know what ADHD is, like it's a neurological disorder and da 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 yep, totally agree with it. But mm-hmm. imagine what would happen to a child that's already suffering with a neurological disorder yeah. if you took away the additives that cause more yeah. at the brain totally right? it's like having a triathlete in runners and giving them high heels or stilettos and saying do the same thing exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so i believe adhd autism all of that they're real disorders mm-hmm. um but then like 
there's things that can exacerbate them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think what you touched on before, Tracy, about the generational thing is that uh, like, and I'm potentially going to say some controversial statements here, but I just like to stir things up. Um, is that like we're in a we're in an instant gratification world, and we're getting further and further away from a um, a family ideology or a community concept where people have babies for anything other than their own selfish needs. And what I mean by that is tribes used to plan nutritionally generations in advance, and so we've got like our grandparents who probably saw the beginning of this industrial food revolution with all these chemicals and all these chemicals under the sink and fragrances. And then, so they got a little bit. And so some of their genetics started to change and get a little bit damaged. Then they had us, right? And then, so we've got a bit more damage because we started having Tim Tams from birth, basically. They, they found Tim Tams at like 45. So, and now the next generation's got all of this screwed up genetic material because super unhealthy people are now fully capable through you know, whatever means necessary to be able to actually procreate. Um, and that produces kids that are naturally vulnerable to all sorts of different things. Yeah. I yeah, can remember yeah. I didn't get McDonald's until I, I must have been about 11 or 12 because mm-hmm. it didn't exist in the state that we lived in at the in time. Town. In wow. the town we lived in. And it was, I must have been about 12 because I remember driving to our grandparents' house and being so excited that we were getting McDonald's for the first (laughs) time. And so this is the thing, right? But my kids, my kids were handed like chips from, you know, Mm. over the back seat if we're driving in the car or. Yeah. And definitely it became a really bad habit of the Friday night treat meal Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) on the way home from dance lessons or something. And I have not had the same experience with Joe with kids. Like I I could have given my children red cordial, I did give my children red cordial and nothing really changed in their Mm demeanour. However, I do remember occasions when, vividly remember occasions when we would have McDonald's as an example mm-hmm. and within half an hour to an hour my children would be ripping each other's heads off and mm-hmm. fighting and bickering and I've got two daughters yeah and, uh, and then I remember saying to them oh I'm so glad you know, yelling as a mother not saying yeah of course <laughs> yelling at them as a mother Oh, I'm so glad I gave you McDonald's as a treat now look at your behavior you didn't deserve it after all blah 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 you know yeah but so it did. It did trigger something in them. I just mm-hmm. didn't know that that's actually what happened until now that I've looked back at it. Yeah, so of course. Whilst I still think that they're definitely not um, ADHD children or anything like that, but they're, mm-hmm. they're definitely our triggers. And even now they're 21 and 19 as we record this. Mm-hmm. And they st- they know they now know their triggers. That's, so yeah, I've got them from the age. we. I remember... One of the questions we do get asked a lot is, how do you do it? How do you go out and eat free? Mm-hmm. Not so bad as a baby. Kid, they don't know any different. Yeah. Even as a three-year-old, probably not, not as bad in that if, you, if you're strict enough, they don't mm-hmm. really know any different, right? Um, but as a 12-year-old that is going to argue back at you and every time <laughs> we drive past on the way out of dance, we drive past the McDonald's and I just kept driving, it took, I'm not kidding you, a year a year for them to stop asking me, can we go to McDonald's tonight, mum? Whoa. So I am a really stubborn person. <laughs> so I found it actually, I just outstubbornd my children. They couldn't drive. They had <laughs> um, I just outstubbornd them. <laughs> I love that. And it's funny because they actually know that, but 
I've always done that. Like even as a toddler, mm-hmm. for any reason, if I said no, no was no. And I just, yep. that was the end of discussion. Mm-hmm. Maybe was a maybe, yes was yes. And my kids knew that from day dot. So no was no. It didn't mean they didn't ask and they didn't crack up and they didn't have a tantrum every now and then. Of course. Yeah, for them to stop asking for McDonald's. What comes to mind when you say that is a meme that I saw the other day and basically it was a photo of two friends and one had kids and there was a progressive hipster friend and she didn't have kids. And she said to her friend that was the mother to not give her children screens and how she'd never give her kids screens. And the meme is a kid in a pram playing on a phone. And the implication was that you don't know how hard parenting is until you're actually doing it. So don't judge me basically, which of course is relevant to some degree. And we're also in this world that is just moving at such a rapid pace of stimulation of sugar addiction and screen addiction. And fundamentally underneath both of those is, you know, an inadequacy of emotional stability followed by, of course, the obvious dopamine addiction and keeping up with social progress and modern parenting is a good idea in some ways, but we're hurtling towards something at such a blistering rate but like where are we going and how is it not going to be some destructive end that we've reached and if at some point we don't turn things around we might be confronted with some devastating some kind of devastating end and that might be the demise of the human species which arguably comes back to the world that our parents create for their children and the way that they pass on how to behave in the world to their children. I we actually have this conversation a lot because again, ten years difference in our children. Mm-hmm. So much changed in that ten years, even at school. So Joe would come mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, this at this and this at school." I'm like, "Really? Wow, that that escalated quickly." Yeah, um, you know. And so I I used to pack anything I wanted in the children's lunchbox. Um, mm-hmm. Never had any questions too much. I did a little bit from school, but nothing too much. And my lunchboxes weren't junk food, but they were food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. they, they weren't filled with junk food, I will say that, actually. There definitely was food in there that wasn't. I wouldn't feed them now. <laughs> um, no better, do better. No better, do better. But but, but now it's but like, like no nuts, nuts and eggs all. and is what I'm talking about, right? So, like, I could pack mm-hmm. anything in there. It didn't, like, allergy-wise, it didn't matter. Yeah. And then the next 10 years it's changed. And I often say I had a good 10 years without technology. Like, I had a flip-top Nokia something phone. Yeah, kids didn't want a bar of anyway, and I can yeah. I often say I'm so grateful because I oh for sure I would have been the mum that was like at the like I used to take my kids to the hairdresser. I took them to a massage once and made them sit in the corner and colour in. <laughs> and um, like, but I would have so been the mum. Here's the iPad. Absolutely. So there's no mm. judgment there. It's I'm so grateful that I had a good ten years before mm. that became a thing. Because I really believe that that is part of the problem of our kids at the moment. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. 
I get it, scepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Oh, totally. And as you know, our brain is wired for that dopamine reward pathway and sugar being psychoactive and anything related to social media or anything, video games, computer games. I noticed recently that they're starting to add engagement to Netflix with polls whilst you watch, like as if Netflix needed another level of engagement. But all of that, you know, all of those TV shows and cartoons, they're all wired to hijack that dopamine pathway in the brain. And the longer we allow our minds and that of our kids to be hijacked, especially at such a young, vulnerable age for the growth of the brain, the exponentially worse the long-term impacts become. Absolutely. Yeah, my son has nuts on it. Question. So, with the conversation around toxins, toxicants, stress and stressors in our environment, it's really overwhelming because someone usually drops the line that in the last 100 years, we've introduced 70 to 80,000 new man-made chemicals in our environment that are damaging to our body. And then people listen along to podcasts like this and think, oh, this was a really interesting conversation until I realized it was basically impossible to live chemical or additive free. And so, my question is, where can people start? What is, in your experience, are the, are the first few things that people can change, whether it be their food or products in their home and maybe to be even more specific, particularly chemicals and additives that most people are unaware that they're actually consuming on a regular basis? What are the first few changes listeners can make that can super easily reduce their toxic load for both them and, of course, their children? I I think that they need to look at like why they want to do it. You know, for a lot of us, there's a lot of different issues. For me, it was my daughter and her behavioral issues. So Mm -hmm. we started with additives in food. Um, and like I said, we pretty, we pretty much went cold Turkey, but if, if I was telling somebody else to do it, I would remove any artificial food colors. I would remove the additives that are linked to behavioral issues. Um, but if somebody has eczema, for example, then I would look at like all your body care and artificial fragrance and Mm -hmm. any type of fragrance for that matter, what you're washing your hands in, et cetera. So I think we need to look at like starting off what's the problem and helping that Mm -hmm. and then leading on a path of going further after that. If I was to give a list though and literally if we said like five things you could do and start to look at today. Yeah. Fragrance is definitely high on the list, hugely high on the list, so damaging to our endocrine system, mm. our hormones, all the things. And it's easy to look for the word fragrance. It literally is listed as either the word fragrance or perfume on a yep. bottle. Yep. And I think what a lot of people don't know with fragrance, or maybe they do because they've listened to your show, <laughs> uh, is that fragrances can be made up of multiple well, sometimes thousands of chemicals to get that specific fragrance. So if we're talking apple blossom as an example, you know, they take multiple different ingredients and turn it into your apple blossom smell. Mm -hmm. Now, um, there's essential oils, which Mm -hmm. are 
have much better choices than fragrances. So, yeah. and I, and as an old perfume wearer, I get it. As a woman, it's beautiful to spray a really lovely glass bottle that you get your perfumes in and they're stunning. But mm. now I know, not so great for our health. So fragrances would definitely be up there. Artificial colours like Joe mentioned and their numbers or words, but mostly they're written as numbers on the backs of packets. Mm -hmm. So start flipping packets over and reading ingredients listings. Normally start with the number one. It's normally 100, like 102, 103, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So definitely start looking at your ingredients and what you will discover there is you will see it might even say colours and then in brackets a bunch of numbers. So mm-hmm. it's often how it's listed on, well, in Australia anyway, how it's listed on packets. Yeah. Now, we travelled to America a couple of years ago and I spent a month in America and I was able to live additive free for that entire month in America. So it is doable for your listeners that are overseas. Yep. Uh, regardless. And, and, and a lot of the numbers I could, because I knew them here, I could work them out of what they might be there. Right, yeah. Uh, Anato is huge. Mm. Now, I do know Anato is in a lot of cheese in America and what gives it that bright yellow colour or bright orange colour in their mm-hmm. cheese. Uh, so Anato is huge and yep. that is really damaging to our brains mm-hmm. and causes a lot of skin issues or can in, in people that are sensitive to it. Skin issues. Yep. A lot of kids um, will bang their head like against a wall, against the floor or even yeah. just you know, bang their head against their hand after they've eaten a nacho, a lot of toddlers. So we that's one of the reasons we hate it the most. Right. And it's a natural because it's it's a seed and it comes from a tree and it mm-hmm. can be literally called natural colours on a packet. Flip them over. If there's so many keywords on the front of a packet that I see that automatically make me curious. If they've got to tell yeah. me all these things on the front of the packet, they're convincing you of something. Yeah. They're like <laughs> tricking me into something else. No artificial flavours. How many preservatives are in there then? Yeah. No artificial preservatives. How many flavours are in there then? No yep. added MSG. And that's a huge word. No added MSG. Mm-hmm. So there's MSG in there somewhere then. You just haven't added it as an extra ingredient. Yeah. So they're little key things that I would definitely, as your listeners, to start looking at. But once you start reading ingredients on Mm -hmm. packets, you will start to see this doesn't make any sense. And a really classic example is spinach wraps. Yeah. In Australia, there's a brand, spinach wraps, they're green, and they've got spinach wraps written on the front. Now, you walk along a supermarket, brilliant, my kids are eating spinach until you turn it over. Mm -hmm. Spinach is not listed as an ingredient. What is listed is spinach flavouring. Right. Could be anything. Mm-hmm. Two food colours to turn it green. So there's actually wow. no spinach in spinach wraps. It is coloured green. That's by insane. Mixing yellow and blue together. Mm-hmm. And then they've put this spinach flavouring, which who, who even knows what that is. That could be totally fake as well. Totally. Yeah. So it's mental when you start turning packets over and really looking at the ingredients. I have a client that gave me a great idea and she takes her daughter shopping with her whom is three or four from memory and the rule is that she has to read all the ingredients on each label of everything they put into the shopping trolley and if she can't read the word in the ingredients list, then it goes back on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some words are like bicarbonate soda. Now, Mm -hmm. a four-year-old probably isn't going to be able to say that. Totally. Bicarb soda, you know, it's totally okay. 
So, um, yes, so there are some additives or some numbers that are actually totally fine mm-hmm. and that's really important to understand as well. <laughs> Herbs and spices, vinegar, bicarb, citric acid. Yeah, that makes sense. These are all things that I buy and use in my baking every day at home. Mm-hmm. The difference is when you eat, let's, let's take desiccated coconut, shredded mm-hmm. coconut. So you go to the supermarket, you buy a bag of shredded coconut, turn it over, you will see if there's preservatives added. Yeah. Like the brand that doesn't have the preservatives added. It is literally as simple as that to live out mm-hmm. in free. Cheese yeah. is another great example. Bags of shredded cheese because they're super convenient versus mm. a block of cheese. Yeah. Less additives in a block of cheese and grate it yourself versus the bag of shredded cheese that has the white powdery stuff over the mm-hmm. grated cheese. That's yep. not great for us. It's an anti-caking agent. It doesn't need to be in our food. We don't need to be consuming it. Mm-hmm. So many things. Tomato paste is another really easy one to swap over. Tomato yep. sauces are the same. But the the in a glass jar mm-hmm. tends to be additive-free. In a yep. um, squeegee plastic bottle, it's got preservatives in it. Same yep. brands even. Yeah, so yeah. It, it really is. We say it all the time. It's simple swaps. All we do every single day, and we teach this throughout our course that we have additive free made easy, mm-hmm. is it's just the simple swaps, and that takes the the stress and the worry and mm-hmm. and I guess that overwhelm out of it. And we also teach our clients to take it slow. Mm-hmm. Don't expect mm-hmm. to do it all in one day. That is impossible. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That is impossible. Like Joe said, you start with one. We both yeah. chose food as our first option and then we progressed into skincare, body care and household items. And mm-hmm. but people, you can do it in whichever order you like. Yeah. I actually find cleaning products would be the simplest you to start mm. with. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that would be just don't buy them and you buy white vinegar, buy carbon, some essential oils. I'm I'm really curious to ask you about our food regulators and the fact that obviously these regulating bodies allow this stuff to happen. So I'd love to get your insight on the industry regulation side of things and I know you'll resonate with this next comment because I follow your Instagram stories but as we're seeing in 2020 and 2021 and unfortunately probably 2022 there are a surprising number of people that think the government and the systems, corporations and institutions of authoritative control and or power which govern, enforce the world that we live in, they, there's plenty of people, a shocking number of people that think these entities have their own personal best interests at the centre of their functioning or that the purpose of these organisations exist to help little old me which I personally think you have to be a pretty much a drunk monkey to think. And it's actually potentially arguably a little bit arrogant to think that the world was created for you or these institutions were created for you. But that's a whole nother rabbit hole um, of identity politics, you know, to go down and identity psychology. But it turns out that, you know, we're, we're in the minority of people who actually know for a fact these establishments aren't operating in our best interest. And I think it's the same with these food regulators why are they quote unquote regulating these things if it's not in the best interest of human health? And that we know we know this because of legitimate and repeated scientific data with things like additives, sugars, vegetable oils. We know this stuff. It's in actual science. We know that it's detrimental to human functioning. So why do you think these regulating bodies continue to regulate all of these things into all of our foods? I think it's just money. Yeah. Yeah. It's just money. It's just mm-hmm. Like, it's up to the the um, 
the food person. So let's mm-hmm. say a pack of biscuits. So it's up to that brand totally. to provide the information to the government. The government don't do their independent studies themselves. They don't mm-hmm. go and test food. Yep. The people that are selling the food test the food or yep. the chemical or the ingredient. Mm-hmm. So if they do their, their study and it turns <laughs> out, oh, look, it's safe, yeah, um, we'll just tell the government it's safe and they'll believe me because, mm-hmm. you know, we bring in a lot of income and taxes and things when totally. we sell these products. So that is how it works in Australia. The, it, the, our governing body don't do independent testing. They rely mm-hmm. on testing provided to them to prove that it's safe and yep. where that comes from could be very controversial. It could be very biased totally. into, that, into mm. that opinion. So, But it's, here's some interesting things. It does state on our food safety standards website mm-hmm. that sulfites are heavily linked to asthma and, and asthmatics should avoid it. Mm-hmm. However, there is no warning label on any product that I have seen to date in the supermarket that has that warning. So unless you literally are on the food safety website mm-hmm. looking for these types of things, as a parent, you would not know that sulfites are linked to asthma. And right. that is appalling. So there's mm. a, a totally wrong thing that our government has done just in yeah. sulfites. Now, how many asthmatics present to hospital every day of the year unable to breathe and unable to take mm. in oxygen because they've been possibly been exposed exposed to sulfites mm. unbeknownst to them I, I i well i don't have asthma but you've never had a medical doctor tell you no my daughter used to get a darn zuper duper when she'd go into the ed <laughs> department to bring yeah. her um electrolytes back up yeah rehydrate her ah and then given a vegemite <laughs> sandwich on white bread and margarine just yeah. used to blow my mind once I'd figured it all out and learnt it all. The other thing uh, to answer that question is additives are tested in isolation to each other. So mm-hmm. tartrazine 102 is just tested on its own. It's not tested when it's mixed with something else. There was yeah. a study done in Europe. Uh, so if you've got any Europe followers, you guys are actually quite lucky because Europe uh, I forget when the study was done, 2010? It was 2007, I think. Um, it's and still relevant. Anyway, they tested five different food colours and it was mm-hmm. a government-funded study, so the government yeah. had to listen to the answers. Mm-hmm. And it was five artificial food colours and a preservative, which was sodium benzoate. And the um, consensus from that study was that um, it was so heavily linked to uh Behavioural issues. Behavioural issues and attention in children that mm-hmm. now any product with those five colours and all that preservative, which sodium benzoate, yeah. needs to have a warning label on the front of, or not on the front, but on the packet somewhere to say mm-hmm. may cause adverse um, behavioural issues in children or something like that. Is that still an Australian food? Yeah. So what, uh, Not in Australia. No, food. not Australian, just Europe. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think companies have done? But in Europe, they've changed their ingredients and now they have a lot of natural colours in their products over there. Um, yep. the, like, yeah, which is amazing. Like when you look yeah. at the same product in America or Australia mm-hmm. and Europe, same product, same company, different ingredients. 
Yeah, I've seen a few posts like that with just common household items like even tomato sauce and other condiments and the recipe is different in America and it's different again in Europe and it's different again in Australia but on the outside, it's marketed as the exact same product, same packaging, same branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, it's so wrong. We all should be on the same page and there is a, 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 a caption to that on our foods, Australian Food Standards page saying, oh yeah, we've looked at these things but... Yeah, let's not worry about them. <laughs> worry about it, guys. She'll be right. Doesn't matter. Yeah, profits first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. And I just yeah, there's a whole lot to it. But you know, we're not just eating one additive a day. Most people. Yes. <laughs> it's breakfast, morning tea, lunch. You know, da, 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 as it goes on. I actually yeah. bought a pack of uh, rice bubbles and cornflakes yesterday because I want to make some honey joys. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do this over Facebook Live and make these honey joys because we just released a party cookbook. Nice. My kids last night were at the dinner table like, Mom, can I have a bowl for breakfast? And I was like, no, they're not breakfast food. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, why are they in the breakfast aisle then? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, and I said, well, because companies earn a lot of money and they don't care about your health and um, that's the only reason why. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, rice bubbles, mate, are not a breakfast food. They're a food to go in a rice, like in a, a, crackle, a party like food chocolate or a... crackle or something. Yeah, totally. You know? yeah. They're not a breakfast food. Yeah. So they're a treat. So I've got a question that's just come to mind. Now, we've been talking about the, the kids throughout this conversation. Now, with what I do, I mainly work with women because it's women who are mostly really courageous about taking health challenges head on. And we know that men kind of, you know, hubby buries his head in the sand. (laughs) But I've worked with so many clients whose husbands are quite legitimately and very actively sabotaging their wives or partners' efforts to actually get healthy. And as you, of course, and I too, have clients in the US and Europe and Australia, and it's the same everywhere. doesn't matter which culture or country, this is prominent in the men uh, or the partners of these women. We've got these husbands that are just like, no, nah, I'm just eating and drinking what I've always had and I'm not doing any, any of that healthy shit you're doing or eating rabbit food. And it's actually, re- as a man, it's really disappointing to know that there's such unsupportive men out there and to know that so many of these men exist. But what, as two women with male partners, what's your advice on this? How do we navigate that? Really good question. We get asked this daily. I yeah, I bet. <laughs> How do we get the husbands on board? <laughs> yeah, um, tricky. It is tricky. I think. In, look, it's going to be different for every person in their marriage, right? I literally sure. just said to my husband, "This is really important to me," and you're either on board or you're not. And he was like, "Okay, I'm on board then." <laughs> right. So, um, but it took a t- it took time. Like I was learning the information, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I had to then tell him the information, and mm-hmm. it wasn't his goal to learn the information. So I had to be patient. Mm-hmm. So we have to be patient, almost, almost treat them like one of the children, because I had to give him this information in little bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And now he's, I mean, he actually works. Well, both our husbands work for us now. Yeah, they're fully on board. In fact, an email came through to us this morning asking a question about food and additives, and Craig was like, oh, "I can answer that." I was like, "Yes, yeah, sweet, off you go." Um, so That's great. fully on board, they really understand it. And I think the biggest thing for my husband personally was seeing the difference. Mm-hmm. So 
it took them to have their own aha moment. So I saw it straight away as a as the mum. I don't know, um, and I'm not saying this for all dads because some dads are super hands on, but I definitely was the caregiver in our house. Mm-hmm. And my husband worked a lot. He was in the military for a while. He worked away for a long time, and so, and then in the police force for a really long time. And so his his hours of work were not mine. So I was definitely the caregiver. So I saw straight away when things weren't right with my children, with our children. Um, So it took him longer to see those things because he wasn't around as much as I was. So I had to be patient Mm -hmm. with that. So I think it's a two-way street when we're trying to get our husbands on board. Don't expect them to be there where you are because you're at a different stage. Uh, You've learned information ahead of him. He needs time to catch up. And, And it will take time and some will be worse than others and I, I will say that and others will and some might ever might not ever come on board mm. and we've seen that throughout our program as well it's split families are really hard yeah of course a lot of split family um, families that have issues and they're really hard the other thing that um, we would say is if they're doing our program doing our courses get your husbands to watch the videos as well like we have a lot of video interviews with professionals and there's uh, a two two ladies, they're brain lady, we call them the brain ladies, but they actually um, put things on your head and they monitor your brain while, while you're eating food. Mm-hmm. So interesting. And so when my husband actually watched that one, he was like, ah, oh, there's science. I can yeah. see the science. Mm-hmm. That makes sense in my man brain. And <laughs> now I'm understanding it. And so, again, figuring that out with your husband, what will it, what does he need to see yeah. or read? Mm -hmm. to understand why you're on this journey. Does that make sense? Yeah, we find that men mostly want to need to see the proof, need to see the science, quite science. More analytical. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's a good question to ask your husband, like what do you need? You know, what what I show you in order for you to be somewhat on board and if you're not on board, how can you be at least respectful? Yeah, that's great because I can only imagine how challenging it must be at dinner time having to cook two or three or four different meals to satisfy everyone's demands or situation. That's just not sustainable at all. Most yeah. of the time we find that they don't even notice. Like we get lots of, <laughs> lots of the women comment in our threads and in our chat groups of like, they actually did not notice. Or oh, I've started cooking these new foods and they're like, this is the most delicious thing I've tasted and it's totally additive free. Yeah. And I even know that with my 21-year-old, her longtime partner, and his family grew up very differently to how I've now raising my children. And the first time he started eating here, he was like devouring. Well, he's, still, he's a teenage boy, so he's still devouring. <laughs> um, but he 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 was like, this is so good, you know, and he's mm-hmm. now learning to cook and this is so exciting He's now, he made dinner, he made a meat pie, uh, he's made carbonara, he's teaching his mother to cook. And That's it's great. really amazing that, um, so that, yeah, it's so important to get them on board. But if we can get our kids on board, we can get our, if we can get our husbands on board, it just makes it so easy. But most of the time, most of the time we've noticed is if the wife just goes to the shopping, gets the groceries, mm-hmm. comes home and cooks dinner, the husbands don't even really notice for, yeah. some, for most part. <laughs> 
That's a great system. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Outstubborn them, I say. Outstubborn them. <laughs> Such wise advice. I like that. I think I would be on board with that too. I can definitely be a bit stubborn. I need someone to outstubborn me. <laughs> and as I know, my husband wasn't always on board right from the start. Definitely with my daughter, he was. And yeah. He completely was. Mm-hmm. But then he'd still bring home like a Red Bull or mm-hmm. you know, a can of Coke or the barbecued flavors, Samboys, which are full of MSG. And I'd have to yeah. say to him, look, you just have to eat them out of the house. You know, if you're mm-hmm. going to do it, just don't have it at home because it's really disrespectful to the kids who are trying really hard here. Yeah, for sure. You know, so just like conversations like that. But I get it. I mean, we certainly have some families who have a cupboard for dad and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever works in your house, but I think it just needs to be respectful is my, is my thing. Yeah. Totally, totally. So where can everyone find you online? Additive Free Lifestyle. At Additive Free Lifestyle on all the channels. Well, we're only on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, yeah, so at Additive Free Lifestyle. And we have a website, Additive Free Lifestyle. Amazing. Well, I'll put all of the links down in the show notes below. I believe you're doing absolutely wonderful work and I want everyone to get more of both of you. And to wrap up, and maybe we can get an answer from each of you from the journey you've both been on individually and collectively. What do you think is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? I would say it's not so much health, but it's another little hint, maybe a little tip is don't expect to be perfect. And don't expect mm. us to be perfect either. Like if we, if we, like your mentor, if through this, if you start following us now and thinking we've got it all down pat, don't expect to be perfect. We still make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We still get caught out. We still decide sometimes to go and eat barbecue chips, mm-hmm. but we do it knowing what it will do to our health or knowing yeah. there will be a side effect. We do it with that um, informed choice there. Yeah. So. I would just say as a hint, don't expect to be perfect, but every single day you get to make a choice and you can choose to be do your best that day or you can choose to go, you know what, today I'm just going to, you know, do whatever. Mm-hmm. But every day you get to make a choice and and you might have 15-hour delay, you know, I've had this happen to me, stuck in an airport. What are you going to do? You have to eat. So you go and make the best choice available to you. Yep. Not ideal, but it is what it is and you move on. And then the next day you get up and you go, okay, I'm going to get back into doing what I do. And that's just life in general, exercise, the whole. Every day we get to make a choice of what we choose to use and live and eat and do. I I love that you both embrace being so real. Instagram is obviously so full of these people that are displaying themselves as these perfect do-gooders that pretend they never do anything outside of their Instagram highlight reel. I'm like, come on, come on. So, I have respect for people just like you that are truthful about the human experience and that it's not always perfect. It's not always perfect. I was talking about number ones and twos in the caravan the other day. We're so real. We are like the realest people you will ever meet. (laughs) What about you, Joe? Your number one thing from the journey? I wouldn't know how to be fake. Like I wouldn't, I don't know. What you see is what you get with us. Um, my, My best advice would probably be always, always read the ingredients, not the front of the packet. Just don't believe the clever marketing. Even the health food star rating is just full of poo. The heart tick approval, like all that stuff's just clever marketing so just never ever read the look like believe the front of the packet Mm -hmm. um always always read the ingredients 
Amazing. Well, thank you both for being on the show and for everyone listening that wants to share this episode with people, people that you think need to hear about it, send it to a friend or a loved one that has kids with behavioral issues or maybe someone that has recurring health stuff themselves or if they just want to get healthier in general and everyone should want to get healthier in general. So, share it with everyone you know and of course, take a screenshot of this episode on your phone, add it into your Instagram story and tag myself and the wonderful women at The Additive Free Lifestyle. All the tags and links and all of those different things will be down in the show notes below. And thanks so much, Joe and Tracy, for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us. You're more than welcome. We will definitely be having you back. For now, though, we'll catch you real soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast or whichever app you use and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavor to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.